and a happy Mother's Day to everyone here this morning as well. We've been in a series entitled Christ Transforming Culture. The Bible calls us to be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. And part of being the light of the world and the salt of the earth is to help preserve to some level as the ability that God gives us, the morality, not only here, but in our nation and throughout the world. Christ transforming culture in the church, a very big part of that. And as we go through this series, we've been discovering there are certain things that we disagree on as Christians as we seek to be the salt and the light, as we seek this to, to help transform individual lives which help transform the culture. And we're finding, at least I have found, which is why this series is being given, we're not on the same page all the time when it comes to issues regarding what God calls us to do. Uh, as a matter of fact, when I began writing this message on immigration and specifically illegal immigration, I went to the back of my Bible and the concordance and I looked up immigration. Couldn't find it! What do you do when you can't find it in the, in the back of, what is it called, concordance? And there's not necessarily a clear biblical statement on something like illegal immigration. I thought, surely there must be a policy in here someplace that we can all uh, enact in our lives and, and, and uh, be a part of. But there's no policy given that as well. And of course, the answer is obvious. In the scriptural days, Old Testament, New Testament, they didn't have the issues that we're having today. They had some issues with immigration, but not the kind of, kind of issues that we have. And this has been brought, of course, more to our attention since, um, well, let's just call it the crisis at the border. And now we're in a, another administration that, that, that's kind of differing in, in their perspective on what should be happening at the border when it comes to illegal immigration. Uh, because it it's, uh, seems to be increasing, although it seems to be getting more under control just for some need right now. There's this, uh, uh, just a plethora of, of people, illegal people coming into the United States. And um, I can understand why they're doing that. You put yourself in their situation. Uh, things aren't good where they were living. Uh, there, there's uh, human sex trafficking big time going on, even with, with, with teenagers and the like. And, and there's gangs that you can be a part of and there's drug lords, and there's poverty. And, and if we put ourselves in that kind of situation wherever we're living, we would want to have a, a, a kind of freedom and a better life. I don't think anybody would argue with that. You would want a better life for you and for your family. And, and so they're seeking a, a land of opportunity. Almost sounds like Israel a little bit in the Old Testament, doesn't it? Seeking a land of opportunity, a land of freedom, and a land of safety. So we all agree with that, I would trust. But the question is, what is our responsibility as Christians? How are we supposed to respond when we just not have uh, people come into our nation? That would be legal, per se. But those who are sneaking in or trying to come in, not under the terms that our government has laid out. Uh, does the Bible address it? Does the Bible address the exact situation that we're facing? No, and I... I can tell you, I looked in the back of my Bible again, and I couldn't find, should we build a wall or should we not build a wall? It wasn't there, right? So sometimes, as Christians, we need to take the principles of Scripture and use the wisdom that God has given us and to apply it to situations. And so I simply want to ask 
this morning, what does the Bible say about immigration and even illegal immigration, if anything, and, and how should we treat people who come across? I'd like to share with you just a number of scriptures. First of all, what, the, what we'll call the Mosaic Law. This is about the strangers in our land. And secondly, about the teaching of Jesus and what he says and how we should deal with strangers. And then with the Pauline ethics, especially with Romans 13, how he says what we should do regarding respecting our government and submitting to them. So let's begin, first of all, with the Mosaic Law, because this is, this is what Moses writes in Exodus 23, verse 9. How do we respond? Do not oppress a foreigner. You yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in Egypt. Right? Moses is writing and saying, hey, get this thing. You were there. You were slaves in Egypt. You were not in your own country. You were foreigners and strangers. Don't oppress the foreigner. Go into the book of Leviticus. We find these words. When a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. How should he treat them? Do not mistreat them. The foreigner residing among you must be treated as a native-born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I'm the Lord your God. And then finally, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 18 and 19. Speaking now, of course, about how God views foreigners. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. Are you hearing the recurring message in each of these verses, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy? Love the foreigner. Treat them as you would want to be treated if you were a foreigner. Then, of course, we come to the teachings of Jesus Christ, and we, we know that Jesus, throughout his ministry, was, was this just uh, uh, unbelievable God of compassion. And he came into the world to teach those that he would minister to and to teach us the kind of compassion we should have towards people in general. This is what he says in Matthew 9, verses 35 and 36. Jesus went through all of the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, now these weren't necessarily illegal immigrants, but they were crowds of people in need, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then Matthew 25, as Jesus is, is uh, we have the judgment scene and God is separating those who were in the will of God and those who were not within the will of God, those who were being compassionate, those who were not being compassionate to the right and to the left. We read these words from Jesus. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you called me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. In other words, Jesus is simply saying, welcome the strangers and be compassionate. Now that's an interesting word. I'm going to go one more. That's an interesting word in the Bible, and at least in, in the Greek text, this word compassion. If you want to know what compassion is, and the kind of uh, uh, what we're supposed to show people who are strangers among us, this is what it means. This is the, and it's our, uh, the English meaning as well. It's a feeling of deep sorrow for someone else who is stricken by misfortune, 
accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate the suffering. So it's more than just saying, let's just say you would say to a stranger or to a, an immigrant or to an illegal immigrant, oh, I feel so sorry for you. That's nice to say. That's a compassionate saying. But there's more than that. It's not just, I really feel sad for you in the situation that you're in, but I want to do something about it. Get, that has to be added on as well. It's not just a feeling, but it, it's such a feeling that that's, it, uh, I know the way to describe it, there's this, you get this pit in your stomach that you have to do something. You just can't say hello and walk away. That's compassion, at least according to, the, to how the Greeks use it in their day and the kind of compassion that Jesus is speaking about. And then we have this verse that we talked about a little bit last week. Also, what's important and how we should treat those who are strangers among us. Paul says, listen, when the government makes certain policies regarding immigration or who should come into our nation and who should not, you need to obey and submit to their authority. Now, of course, we have a different administration, and we have two administrations who kind of disagree on the best way to approach this issue, which is why there is still a crisis at the border. So in one case, in the former administration, we obeyed the law of the land, and now we need to obey the law of the land again. One administration says build a wall, another administration says we should not build anywhere walls and maybe even take down the ones that we have and there's some of us here this morning, surely, that will disagree in that, too, as Christians. What are we supposed to do? Do we build walls? Do we build uh, gates, make, make the United States a gated community, and you're not invited in unless? Or do we simply open the doors and the gates wide open and say, come on in, we'll take care of you, and we'll worry about how once you get in here? Or have a plan in place beforehand? When I speak with any number of you, I, I find that some of us are in disagreement on that. So the question simply is, how should we respond as Christians, especially to this issue of illegal immigration? And I'm going to say I have some kind of good news this morning. And that's, isn't that what the gospel is? Uh, as, as I did my research in this over the past several weeks, I, I came across this this. this this group called the Evangelical Immigration Table. Anybody ever hear of that? EIT. Yeah, I didn't either. And I want to share with you what the Evangelical Immigration Table suggests as a Christian response. And let me tell you, first of all, what it is. It's a signed resolution from prominent Christian leaders throughout the United States. And I'll just throw out some names of some of these prominent leaders who have signed this document. You may have heard of them. Tony Evans, Tim Keller, Jim Daly, who is he? Focus on the family. And our own executive director of our denomination are among a number of prominent Christian leaders who said, yes, the evangelical immigration table is a great way to address the subject of illegal immigration. What it calls for is simply a bipartisan solution having both sides coming together and to deal with the problem of illegal immigration. And the challenge, and this should always be the challenge of Christians, the challenge should simply be this. Think biblically about immigrants and immigration. Whenever you have to make a decision as a Christian, you need to think biblically. 
And if it doesn't necessarily, which it doesn't always address the exact thing that you try to make a decision on in the scriptures, it's not in the glossary, it's not in the concordance, it doesn't address a certain policy, and this is how you should respond. God gives us wisdom, God gives us the Holy Spirit, and God gives us the principles of scripture to say, this is how you make a decision as a Christian. Always make your decision and always base your decision making on biblical principles. And I appreciate it so much when I began to read through this, this particular document. The emphasis from the beginning is, which is always where you start, think biblically. And I want to share with you six principles uh, that we find in, in this document that I'm sure all of us this morning can wrap our, our arms around and, and get our minds and do them to say, yes, this is the proper biblical response to the problem of illegal immigration. So let me share with you these six principles, all taken from Scripture, all taken from Scripture. First of all, something to respect the dignity of every human being. Every human being is made in the image of God. And that's simply saying every human being, whether you're illegal or, or not illegal, whether you're a man or a woman or a child, every single person is made in the image of God, meaning you respect them as one made in the image of God. Just that concept alone. God made us in his image, it says in Genesis. Every human being is made in the image of God. Never think that you are a high, deserve a higher place than someone like an illegal immigrant. Secondly, uh, protecting the family unit. Now, some of us may recall in the last administration, one reaction to, to this influx of, of people coming over the border was separating the children and their parents. Now, I understood it. I, I, a little bit, I understood why. Personally, I didn't agree with it at, at the time, and I still don't agree with it now. But there was an issue of that was one way they tried to make sense of and tried to go forward. And um, in my opinion, biblically, thinking biblically, bad idea to separate the family. Scriptures always talk about the, 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 the importance of a family unit and staying together. And you should know that even our own denomination, I didn't aware that we had a statement in this, the Christian Reformed Church has a statement that denounces that policy which separates parents from their children. And you could read what that is by just punching it into Google. Uh, third, regarding secure national borders. The government has the right of a nation to make restrictions on who comes in and who comes out. And it's really a matter of, of homeland security and protecting us. And so this matter of securing national borders is a biblical principle. The government has been given that responsibility. And the same light with that is to respecting the rule of law. Romans 13, we touched base on it last week, simply says you will submit to those in authority over you. When the government sets a policy into place, we are to submit ourselves to it. Now, if we don't like it, we can challenge it, and there are things we can do to change it. But we are to submit to the government that God has placed over us. I thought an interesting one as well, one of these uh, principles, I didn't think too much about, but it makes a lot of sense. It's, it's about fairness to the taxpayer. And this makes sense to me because I understand, which I didn't understand before, that there are many, well, let's just say some, some illegal immigrants who come into our nation and they're being treated and be given more benefits than actual citizens. Are you aware of that? And there's something not right in my gut, and, and I think biblically there's something not right with that. 
that, that, they, that someone illegally who comes into our land is given more benefits than the citizens that are already here. And also, I did not understand or know that there, we spend $113 billion a year on illegal citizens. That's a big hunk of change. And um, there's something just not right. I don't think about that, and it's not fair to the taxpayers because you and I pay for that. And then finally, which I think we would all be in agreement on, is, is to establish a pathway to citizenship that is easier than what it is now. It's really difficult. Whatever policy in place is really difficult to become a citizen. We need a policy that makes it not so much difficult, but there are certain things you better do to become a citizen. But make a policy that's a little bit easier to understand and go forward with. And each one of these, these uh, uh, people involved in the evangelical immigration table agree that we need immigration reform. And I think all of us would agree this morning that if we are to welcome the stranger and to treat them the way God wants us to treat them, there's some reform that is needed in our system. And it takes time. Patience is needed as the government wrestles with all these things. It takes time to understand what is the best policy that we can have, for sake of words, to welcome the stranger among us, even when the stranger is illegal. I firmly believe the answer is kick him right out. and We don't care for you. We don't care for your situation. Go back to the terrible life you've had. We don't care. That's not the answer. But the answer is to make sure we have a policy in place that we understand how things work and that that policy is followed. In doing so, we welcome the stranger. In doing so, we show compassion. That's the big deal here. When, when you think about what's happening at the border, I, I have to believe that God would have a big sign there that, that, that just in compassion, deal with these people in compassion. That's where you begin. Think biblically. We're to love you. We're to care for your needs. We need to help you when, when things aren't good in your life. And let us help you. Now, our church belongs, as some of you know, the Christian Reform uh, denomination. And, and the Christian Reform denomination, again, you can Google this. Uh, click uh, Christian Reform, CRCNA, Christian Reform Church Denomination, position statements. They have a position statement on immigration. And I was so glad to read that it mirrors almost exactly these six principles that I just talked about this morning. It mirrors these, these same principles. And in fact, even our synod back, a synod is one of the uh, highest ruling bodies uh, in our particular denomination. Back in 2010, they made a decision and encouraged all churches to educate its membership on immigration and to equip us with means by which we can show love and concern. And I, well, that was passed by, by our highest uh, authority in our denomination. And as we approach illegal immigration, that's where we have to start. It's messy. I know the feelings of, of, of some of us. It's like some days I'm like, oh, would you just go back? We've spent enough money on you people already. We've got our own problems we've got to deal with. Would you just mind going back? But, but as a Christian, I have a problem with just saying go back and, and, and sending children back into sex trafficking and sending people back into poverty and sending people back being ruled by drunk lords and the like. And, and, and the like. There's, a, there's a problem. You should be stirred by that as well. But the answer isn't just to go back. 
it needs to be done in such a way that if anyone is going to become a citizen of the United States, there is a path, that there needs to be a path to happen to get them to come there. Now, that's just illegal immigration as a whole and anyone, any immigrants coming in. I want to add this morning as well, we should not only be concerned about who comes over the border, but we need to be equally concerned about who we live to, who live on the borders of Jasper County and Newton County, who live on the borders of your property. We don't have to go to the border, our national border, to, to kind of scratch our heads and say, what can, how can I respond as a Christian? We have opportunities every single day, even right here in Roselawn, in Dumont, uh, Lake Village and the like. We have all kinds of opportunities because every one of us here this morning pretty much knows of people who live on our borders, down the street or even next door, who need love and compassion. I know how easy it is to say, well, you lazy bum, go to work. I get that. I know how easy it is to say you wouldn't have a problem not having food if you would just get your act together. I get that. But everybody can't always get their act together. Our first response, biblically, is to show compassion, even to those people who border around us and our communities. Why? Because they're your neighbor. <clears throat> and Jesus says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. To welcome the stranger, to show compassion, to show hospitality, to show love and concern. Some of you know we have a food pantry. And I, and I read from time to time, if I'm on my computer sun, Saturday morning, which usually I'm working on my sermon yet or finalizing it, sometimes there's a cry out saying, oh, we could use a few more people today. If you don't have your computer on on Saturday mornings, have it on the second Saturday of every month in case they're asking for some more help. What a wonderful opportunity. We don't ask these people, did you go to work this week? No, if you didn't go to work, we're not going to give you food. And we don't have, people come in. And we feed them. We're going to look for opportunities as well to, to clothe them. We're going to look for opportunities to house them. I think even our ministry next door of Kids Hope answers the question to some of what we're talking about this morning. Coming alongside of children who have needs and even need help to learning how to read. And they're right within our own borders here. Jesus said very clearly, as we read earlier, I was a stranger and you took me in. Yes, think about the border. Yes, support as of these six principles, I believe, that are solid biblical principles to, to help us at the border. But God forbid, don't, let's not forget about our own borders right here. And surely there's someone that God is bringing to your mind this morning that you are aware of, that you've been meaning to touch their life, but you just haven't quite had the time to do it. And they need your love they need your compassion, not just to feel sorry for them, but your gut, as the word literally implies, should be so moved that you want to do something about it because you have the means to help them. Welcome the stranger. Jesus says, I was a stranger, and you took me in. We're the heart, the hands, and the feet of Jesus. Let's respond in compassion. Father, thank you for your word. It's difficult sometimes to... to Respond as Christians to things that often can divide us because we think it could be done another way. And we have that in politics. We have that here among us as well. We all want to help and show compassion to people, and sometimes we cannot agree on how we should do that and in what way we should do that. 
Help us uh, as a nation to do what's right. Lead our politicians uh, to reaching out and, 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 and showing the right kind of treatment to people who even sneak in. And then, of course, with our policies in mind, to, to, to act accordingly with patience needed on both sides, even if it means sending some people back across the border again until we can get things right. Guide us by your word and spirit to be the hands, heart, and feet of Jesus there, but also right here where we live. And maybe this week, maybe this week we can pick a day to, to call that person, to, to bring a meal, or to find out if they need some clothes, or, or they might be behind uh, in a bill that they need to pay. We're so grateful for our pastoral deacons who, who help people almost weekly here on monies that we give for benevolence. And I believe that's a part of the offering that we have today, that we can reach out and with compassion help the needy because we want to do what Jesus would do, 